Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the O Spot with your host, Ona Z Dawes. Um, continuing off where we left from the conversation last time, we were talking about the adult film industry and the provisions implemented in um, her era in the 80s of safe precaution, um, how to go around doing scenes. 80s, 90s. 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Um, she actually probably, uh, this is another uh trivial for the uh audience out there she probably has one of the longest careers of any adult performer in the adult film industry because she literally started in 1985 was it 86 86 and then i think her last film was 2005 you might know that better than i do yeah so about 30 year career right but you kept revolutionizing the industry and you kept becoming fresh and always having something to offer to the business when a lot of people grew stale over time. They quit. So what was your secret behind that? I think I'm always looking for something new. I 
am self-educating and I'm always looking for another answer or I just want the facts. I want more information and more information. I take classes online. I sit in. I read a lot. I'm carnivorous when it comes to reading. And, um, you know, I do have so many fans and so many people that keep me updated. And I, I think that's why. And that is why, as I mentioned in the first, um, in the first post pod, uh, Tim and I were talking about we're writing a book and that's why I'm writing a book about um, the industry yes but more importantly how to get out of the how to get out of the industry without hurting yourself and it's become more and more prevalent that stars are hurting themselves and not getting out and having a full life mm -hmm. and uh, what I mean by that is they're committing suicide so I I'm just a very curious, very curious person. And I want to know all that I can know about that and other things. And why would you stay in? Like there are some older women um, who are still working in their 60s. Yeah. And I don't know why or why people want them to or, 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 or any of that. I mean, I don't want to put myself in front of the camera and be working at my age. So um, I want to know more. Mm -hmm. So when you were navigating through the business, um, one of the things we touched upon in the first episode where you got to a point where you started your own production company and you branded yourself. Yes. So the intelligent thing about that is, and what's most interesting to me about that is, you were the first, as far as I know, first female or actually not just female, but any performer in the adult industry to actually create your own brand. Yes, I was and am I'm the only woman ever to own and operate, operate a worldwide distribution company mm -hmm. to this day. Mm -hmm. And uh, with a library of 300 films. And I think was really important for me to succeed. I, I come from a family of very aggressive business people. And this was really important for me, even though it was adult and not being a doctor or a lawyer or something to succeed in my field, my field and be the first and the best and the best that I could be. I'm not saying that I am or that someone like uh, C.B. Hirsch and Vivid wasn't or is it the best or whatever? I'm saying that it was important for me to be the best I could be. And, um, you know, that's where it was at. And, and I did have my own moniker. I wanted, I wanted to be Ona Z Pictures, Ona Z Productions and uh, have people know me for that. And they do. And people, you know, I could walk down the street and people are shouting, Ona Z, I love you. And, you know, this is 35 years later and it's, it's great. It's fun. And I could be with my husband and he's like, she's right here. So, um, I, I definitely made the impact I wanted to make. So when you were doing films back with other producers and the beginning stage of the adult film industry, uh, what were some of your experiences like? Did you have gross back end deals? You were supposed to make a gross percentage off of certain films and then you weren't paid on the back end or? No one, 
gets paid on the back end. Okay. Um, now, in regular films, yes, mm -hmm. I've done several of those, and we get paid a percentage. Mm -hmm. um, you get your salary. Um, you don't always get what you ask for, but you do get a salary. And you can, depending on, you know, whether you're starring in it or co-starring, whatever, get something on the back end. Mm -hmm. It has been my t entire experience in 35 years that no one gets paid a commission or, or a gross amount of money. Mm -hmm. You get whatever you're paid for for that scene for that day and that is it and that is one of my biggest problems with the industry is that you know health insurance you know um hiv protection mm -hmm. um just the money you get for that scene when that scene is going to be reproduced hundreds of times mm -hmm. within that company that you're working for in hundreds of other films. And that's not fair. You should get a percentage every time that scene is reproduced in another movie. And that has never happened. And I don't believe it ever will because that's not the way it's been set up from the beginning of time. And it's not fair. It's just not fair. I mean, you're working your part of the expression, your ass off mm -hmm. and you're sweating and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're giving it your all and you're only making like a thousand dollars a scene or maybe not even that or, you know, 3000 or whatever it is, but it's not enough because you'll see that scene over and over and over again in every language, in every country. Well, what's fair about that? Nothing. So is that part of the, um, as I say, refer to it as the culmination where you said I had enough, enough, enough is enough. I'm tired of making other producers money with my own blood, sweat and tears. It's time for me to start my own production. Absolutely. Company. And I knew it. I mean, I'm pretty sharp. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't go to college, but I, I'm business savvy. And I knew it from the beginning that um, the whole idea of me getting in was to have my own company and so I worked as hard as I could I made as much money as I could I scrolled it away and then I finally opened my own company and uh in the first program we did you asked me how many years it took and I want to say it took at least I wish, honestly, mm -hmm. I'm old. I can't remember. I wish, I wish I could say I knew maybe three, four years. But once I started, I never looked back, and mm -hmm. I worked and I worked and dancing mm -hmm. um, around the country for clubs. I took all that money and that tip money, and I saved it right. as much as I could to make films, as many as I could, and to pay my employees. And I got up to having my own duplication room and, you know, making five, six movies a week. And that's tough. That's really hard. Um, I know Vivid and other companies, they're probably making putting out 20, 30, I, I don't know how many movies a week, but that's, that is the correct combo to really making a lot of money so in the 1980s i remember they had a movement i believe this was to start a union in adult films yeah. um it's called the pink pink lady society mm -hmm. i believe what was that about can you tell us like what was that 
well, there were women I don't know too much about. It was just before my time, I think, and they wanted to start a union, which meant that they would get paid uh, in perpetuity for whatever movie they were making or mm -hmm. whatever scene it was. Mm -hmm. And of course, they got blown away. I mean, there there was no way that that was going to happen because, you know, the producers are like, you know, doctors think they're gods. Mm -hmm. and, and and people revere them as such. So that's the way producers think. You know, I mean, you're, they don't uh, think very much of us mm -hmm. because we're, you know, making sex scenes. And so trying to start a union is ridiculous mm -hmm. in their minds. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, uh, there's no way, and we're never going to pay you more than what we're paying you for this scene. And no, it didn't happen. It's never going to happen. Wow. So, when you started branding your company, started, uh, you created, I think, I believe it was called Ona Z Productions. Mm -hmm. uh, or what, Ona Z Pictures, either one. What was the what was the response to that? Like you were the first in the industry to do that. What was the response to that? Well, you know, it was interesting. It was good and it was scary because mm -hmm. the way the men uh, producers responded was like the um, duplication company I was working with, huge company. When I went to him and I said, look, I'm going to need, you know, some seed money or a little bit more time or whatever. He said, okay, but when I went and I duplicated my films, he held them back instead of distributing them. Wow. And that killed me mm -hmm. because it held up the line mm -hmm. of production. And I said there would be out, let's say, January 1st. They didn't come out until January 10th. And so all those people that were waiting for them thought I was a dummy. And I called this guy and I said, what do you, oh, it was our mistake. It's bullshit. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. It was on purpose. And the same with the guy that made the box covers. And this went on. Mm -hmm. And I paid my bills. I did what I was supposed to do. And when they got, I wasn't going away. It stopped. Mm -hmm. And it took a while. It took a long time for them to, to get it. So they were purposely trying to sabotage. Oh, them. yeah. Anything they could do to kick me mm -hmm. out. And I what I finally said, you know, each one of them, I am not going anywhere. You can't do this mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, we can do it. And um, when I was getting out of the business, mm -hmm. I asked for, I was having a hard time financially and I was getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. And of course, he helped himself to every bit of money we had. And I went to, you know, the printers and all those guys. And I said, look, I need a little bit of time. So what did they do? They got together and they pushed and wanted their money now. And it forced me almost into bankruptcy. Wow. And I said, I've been paying you guys for 20 years. What's mm -hmm. the problem? Mm -hmm. They had a huge problem with it. Mm -hmm. It was their opportunity to get rid of me. So that was pretty, is it pretty safe to say that was a male dominated industry and there wasn't really a voice for females and, and really even to this day, would you say 
that's still the case for the most part? Yes. And uh, there are some women who tried to run a company, but they're, they're backed by a man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was not. Mm -hmm. And I think they saw this as the perfect opportunity. I mean, to my face, they said, wow, you're great. We love you. Thank God. You know what? But when it came right down to it, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I got to do everything I could for them. But they did nothing for me. So there was actually a point where you started outgrossing as far as sales with your product, your, your production company, everything to do with your brand. You started outgrossing all the mills, everybody no, in the industry. I asked him, I can't say that okay. because they were producing. I mean, yes, they, some companies okay. and I was doing very well. Mm -hmm. I had a um, different view on the movies that I was making, mm -hmm. but they they were making more money. They had been in the business longer. They had more um, affiliation with the distributors, uh, you know, and the people. And where I did very well was in Europe. And I was flying around Europe and representing my product. And I got to go to Australia and Africa. And, you know, they loved me there. And I, I made a pretty penny there. And I was gone all the time. So... That for me is what I had to do to make some serious money. Is it pretty safe to say that um, the male producers had more of an output reach with distribution, like you said, and in some cases, did you find like these producers, well, you kind of already said this, but in a roundabout way, um, the producers would purposely sabotage your relationship with those distributors? Yeah. Okay. So it'll make it hard for you to do international pre-sales to other territories and well, other countries? Actually, not in that sense. In America, okay. they made it really tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did film noir and then they did something similar mm -hmm. and it, it got in my way. Mm -hmm. And I made the best, best bondage series of all time, learning the ropes. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you know the company, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Adam and Eve picked up on that. And at first they bought it for mm -hmm. top dollar. And then, and I had said to them, why don't you let me make some movies for you? Right. No, 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 no. So finally they made their own version of uh, learning the ropes and it was terrible mm. but they had the wherewithal to send it out everywhere they had tons of money and so they directly competed with me and that was hard to take because I had always supported them gone to shows for them mm -hmm. you know given them great price breaks and uh, there they were trying to you know put the dirt over my head. So that, that was very rough. So this industry of adult films, a lot of people would not know probably, but the real world and the reality of it is this industry is viewed by everybody yes. in the world. Yes. Doctors, lawyers, police oh officers, my God. Yes. dentists. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like it, Catholic priests. Yes. <laughs> At some point in time in your life, you've seen an adult movie. Yes. That's the bottom line of everything. So even though it's kind of taboo to some people behind closed doors, it's like completely open and it's another world. It's right. another lifestyle. I don't know anybody who hasn't seen one. Right. So what do you think as a performer, producer, this entertainer in that industry for such a long period of time, would you say was the um, 
let's say the sensual factor, why people get off on watching adult films. What would you say that the reason is behind that? I think uh, one of the reasons is because they're afraid to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gives them liberty to say, oh, wow, well, she's doing it. I guess I can't. I mean, that was my purpose Mm -hmm. was to let people know that it was okay. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in having sex front, back, up, down, you know, upside down, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever your choice is. Mm -hmm. And even in bondage, there's, there's no shame if that's your gig. And I have a lot of private clients who wanted bondage, Mm -hmm. just one-on-one me and them. And, um, I think a lot of people wanted to do it with their partner. Like women are very shy and some, sometimes men are too, but for the most part, women. And I think if they watch someone else, they might feel better. Like, Oh, well, she's doing it. I guess I can do it. I guess it's okay. Right. And I think, I, I think that's a reason. That's a really good reason. But I know that a lot of what I made was instrumental in helping people um, get over what, what fear or phobia they might have about having sex. So like, what are the, well, what would you say to young girls today that are trying to break into the industry, like the adult film industry, that's their, purpose in life is to become part of the adult The first thing I say to them is, look, think about this. Think about your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I can think about her. (laughs) And you're 18, 19, 20 years old. So what would your grandmother say, you know, if she saw that? Oh, no, I can't (laughs) even imagine it. Okay. So now... Instead of grandma, let's think about the fact that, you know, five, six, seven years down the road, you're married and you have a baby. And now a few years in, baby's watching a movie and it's you having sex, but not with daddy. (laughs) Oh, no, I couldn't do it. And there's baby and grandma who's babysitting. And the two of you are like, you know, what would you say to baby? Oh, I never thought about that. That could be really bad. <laughs> As she snores a little more cup. And I would say, why don't you go home and think about that? Mm-hmm. Because that is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And everybody in your life is going to know. And they're going to tell somebody else until grandma knows. Mm-hmm. And when you decide to leave or don't leave or whatever, and you have children, one day they will know. So if that's okay with you, then come back to me and we'll make a contract that says it's okay with me. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm over 18. Um, and I, and I want to make films. Right. If it's not okay with you, then I don't expect to see you in anybody else's studio. Mm-hmm. But so, that's the very first thing. So that's what you tell any actress any before they get involved. Man in or woman. So give like an in-depth look at, okay, so you are just now, this is your first film. You're stepping foot on the set for the first time. What was that experience like? What were you, 
Did you know what was expected of you before you went into the set? It or? was scary. Tim. Okay. It was so scary. I, you know, I was 33 or whatever I was, and it was still scary. There were all these people all over the place running around. Keisha had roller skates on. And she was like, so I'm listening to this. Mm -hmm. And the the crew was like, come on, come on, let's get it together. Oh, no, I get over here. And Tom Byron was very young Mm -hmm. and he was standing near a fireplace. And he said to me, so what's your story? And I was I wanted to like fucking smack him across the face. And, (laughs) you know, he's like a baby for me. Right. He's in his 20s. And I said, well, I haven't done this before. Oh, come on. I said, well, I've had sex, but not in front of a camera. And he said, well, don't worry about it. We'll have a really good time, which we did. He's very, very good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And um, first of all, I was staying in a house. I like to live alone. So Mm -hmm. I'm staying in a house with all these other actors. And I don't like that. So I'm a little wound up and I'm not sure what, what to think. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what to say or do whatever. So I have lines to speak. So I'm relying on my acting ability to push me through. So I'm like, okay, let's do some acting. Mm -hmm. So we do. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, my heart's like pounding in your chest. Yeah. So eventually we get to the sex part and I, you know what? I thought about this for years. I just kind of switch off mm-hmm. and I go into this on a Z person. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer on, I'm on a Z now. And it has, you know, held me still worth throughout my entire career. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues I had when I wanted to transition out was that I couldn't turn it off. Okay. I could not turn it off. And I had to figure out how am I going to do that now? Because I think I mentioned to you when we were having lunch that it's more than just the sex. It's the money you make, you buy your own jewelry, you buy makeup, you buy clothes, you buy a house, you buy this and that. And so you don't want to turn it off. You want to, I mean, I'm very orgasmic. So mm-hmm. for me, it was really fun, but um, it, it's it, once you turn it on, it's hard to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And the longer you do it, the more you become that actor and mm-hmm. not your person. Got you. So was that process to transition out of yourself into Onazi? Was that a difficult transitional process? It wasn't difficult. It was hard to come back. Okay. And that is what um, my husband at the time saw. He said, it's really hard for you to come back. Now I think you need to go to therapy. And I did. And it did help me to come back. And I had been, you know, because I had been incested, as I said, I felt so good about myself that I could get money for sex instead of having somebody pawing at me. And, you know, when I was a teenager, having sex with me for nothing. Mm -hmm. And that was a horrible experience. So I felt like redemption. Right. So when you say you had a hard time turning it off, you were basically on the set and offset. I was. And and it, it, it didn't really... It didn't hurt me. It didn't help me. It didn't really do anything. But I, I became hard. People were trying to, you know, screw me over. They didn't, you know, when you're in the business, it's not, it's like any other business. People don't want to pay you. But in the adult film industry, they really don't want to pay you. So one company in particular back east, they would run their bill for a year and it could be a hundred grand. Okay. 
And then when they got ready to pay, they say, okay, I'll take 20% and I'll, I'll pay you. And I'm like, no way. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, I've been paying my phone bill, my people, whatever. And now you're going to take freaking 20% off and pay me. No. And that's when I met my husband mm -hmm. because he was coming to interview for a CFO position. And I was screaming. And he had a friend who brought him in and he turned around. And he said to him, I don't know if this is for me. And he said, no, you have to understand. It's impossible to get paid. Wow. Nobody wants to pay her or anybody else. And it took very heavy measures to get paid. So what would you have to do to go through the process of being paid? Well, I eventually had to hire some people. And, you know, um, in one instance, I had a huge fish head. I cut it off and put it in this guy's lawn <laughs> okay. with a note. This is just a warning. And then when, you know, he told everybody what I did. And then, you know, he said, who do you think you are? And I said, I don't think I'm anybody. I want to get paid. You owe me 75 grand. So when he didn't pay me, those same guys went into his office and threw his television through the glass window. I said, I think I might get paid now. He said, okay, okay, I'm going to pay you. One guy I took to court and um, the judge said, all right, law and order, we get it. <laughs> I said, no, you don't get it because you get paid every month, but I don't. Wow. So, yeah, it was very difficult. And then this other guy from the East owed me over a hundred grand. And I, I don't remember what he paid me, but I know he finally did. But um, once my husband took over as CFO, it got easier than I didn't have to do it. But still, you know, they don't want to pay you. Mm -hmm. They want the product, but they don't want to pay you. And they feel they can get away without paying you. And there's no repercussions or consequences for their actions of not paying you. Right. Wow. So that had to have been a very, at times, a really cutthroat business. Oh, beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I remember I was with my one of my girlfriends and um, we we're doing a movie and we were, you know, like in the mountains or something and in walks the producer with a couple of guys who probably have invested in the movie they'll never see their money either and the producer calls over me and my girlfriend and says do these guys wow i looked at him and i said i'm not a prostitute i'm an entertainer mm -hmm. he said i don't give a shit what you are you'll do it because i said so i said no it won't and my girlfriend said, I'm not doing this. And we walked away. But that is is constant. And I was from a producer asking you to do that. So the producer and some of the producers' minds, you are their property while on set and while offset. Wow. That's just crazy. So I said to him, look, I'm already having sex for a living. Mm -hmm. I'm an entertainer. I'm a sex performer. I'm not your prostitute. Mm -hmm. And he grabs me by the arm and he says, you'll do what I want you to do. And I say, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. You want to do it? You do it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of other producers do that. Did, did a lot of the male, and this might be a sensitive topic, but um, did a lot of the male producers try to use intimidation factor tactics to try to get you to do what they wanted you to do of course yeah so a lot of that went on okay not just with me but the other girls too mm -hmm. like you know i was already at some point like 
36, 37, whatever, and I'd made several films. And so they had the, we had the proverbial casting couch, which was so stupid. Mm-hmm. You're already naked. Mm-hmm. So um, I had on a dress or something and they called me in and said, get dressed, get undressed. I said, no. Well, do you want the part? I said, not that bad. I'm already getting undressed for you when I'm having sex. Mm-hmm. And this one guy said, get undressed so you won't work anymore. I said, for who? For Mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. So one of my friends came in and she had to do the same thing. And she said, oh, who cares? Just take your clothes off. So I did. And I said, uh, he says, now come sit on my lap. Mm -hmm. I got dressed and I walked out. I still made the movie. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people got killed. Wow. A lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just that intimidation is so rampant and horrible. And I said I'd never be that. And I never was. And that was a big reason why I wanted to have my own company. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show people that you don't have to be that way to make a movie. It's not necessary mm-hmm. because I know unless you have some body defect that I need to know about and I've never met you before right. it, it's not I'm going to see you on camera in a week mm-hmm. you know just tell me do you have like a mark on your penis or your at birth mark or something if you do just tell me right I do okay can I see that mm-hmm. okay I saw mm-hmm. it great thanks now I know what to expect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but why do I need to get undressed right so you were always married when you were in the industry, correct? I was married, okay. and then I divorced, okay. and then I married my current husband. Okay. So for other women that you know about or maybe you were around, experienced, um, was it hard for them to maintain personal relationships outside of the business? Yes, because the men wanted the money, mm-hmm. and they would abuse the women they were with, and you know they would come on my set mm-hmm. And demand that I paid them. And the girl is like, yeah, you better, you better pay him. I'm like, I'm paying you. You want to pay him? You hand him the money. So a lot of the performers' boyfriends kind of came on and said acting, unquote, unquote, kind of like a pimp. Oh, oh, they were pimps. Okay. And uh, most of the men with the women were pimps. And they forced them into the business. Took them off the street mm-hmm. and put them in. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Because a lot of women that were in the industry probably would not have been in the industry if that had not happened to them. Okay. And they were not necessarily pretty. They didn't have an education of any kind. Mm -hmm. They were drugged up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. And I I didn't hire those women, but it was very, very sad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would ask them to vacate the scene and a lot of guys got very angry and i just you know i had some bodyguards around me i had to so that that made me hard and i'm a very nice person Mm -hmm. and did not want to be that way Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people thought wow she's crazy she's not nice she's not i'm like what do you know Mm -hmm. when was the last time you ran a business Mm -hmm. it was tough so at that time you were pretty much from what i know were you the only female producer in the business? Yeah, there were a few others, um, but not doing what I was doing. Right. Not branding their own line of toys and films and 
Yeah. Everything you were doing right, right, right. So, again, that would have been difficult to navigate through a male-dominated industry. Oh, my God. It just And not only male-dominated, I mean, just the, these guys who are just like slugs mm-hmm. and stupid and brutal and, you know, think that they they own you. Was there anybody in the industry, though, that became a kind of a confidant? supporter of you to try to help you navigate through the business the way you wanted a couple really sweet guys okay like uh the owner of doc johnson has been so good to me Mm -hmm. just wonderful Mm -hmm. so he kind of helped you brand your line he helped me in so many ways with you know ways to be and how to think and you know how to show up and what to say and not to say and just has been an amazing friend for years. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's like that. No. Yeah. And that's in any industry you're at, because I'm primarily working the mainstream business and there's a lot of cutthroatness that goes on in the mainstream entertainment industry as well. And uh, you just have to stand for firmly with what you believe in and stand up for what is right and what is wrong um, and be a leader, not a follower. So the fact that you were mature when you entered into the business, you were more, it was easier for you to handle the pros and the cons of the business than a lot of women because they weren't of educated it, and they weren't as mature as you. It was, but I, like I said, I got tough. And so when I met my current husband, I had to find a way to back it down mm-hmm. and it took a while. And, you know, because I'm normally very sensitive, very soft and it took, it took a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to back down. Mm-hmm. So like the first time that you did a film on your own, as the producer through your production company, what was that experience? Were you, were you finally able to see the back end of a film that you were in and actually see a profit? Now you were making money off of your name and your brand, and you weren't allowing other producers to take advantage of you. It was great. Mm-hmm. And I paid the women fairly. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, if someone out there was having a problem, they'd come to me, I'd give them money. If something was wrong, I'd take care of it. I mean, I was, I'm a nice person. I made sure that everybody was okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what was some of the best experiences in your opinion you had in the business? Um, If you had take it back to the beginning to now, would there be anything that you would change about the industry? Oh my God. I think Tim, there's a lot of things I would change about um, the the casting process Mm -hmm. and how humiliating that was Mm -hmm. and um, the way they allowed drugs on sets and just, I mean, I'd I'd have to think about it for our next conversation and write it down. I mean, it's, it's immense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, um, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, I want, to, I want to ask you in the next episode how you feel you were able to have such a longevity in the business and how you were able to preserve what I call a legacy because it's still you're a legend in the business, but you also carry the name. So like people my age and even younger know who you are, Right. you know, so that's got to be an accomplishment to be remembered. But we'll talk about that in the next episode because um, we're running out of time for episode two, but stay tuned for episode three, which is coming up in around a few minutes.